Welcome, everybody, to the big episode 52 of the Risky's Radio podcast. We have made it to one year's worth of episodes in your home for horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. I am your co-host, Brodinky, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Schmitty. Schmidt, can you believe we made it? I really can't. I really, really, really cannot. I'm shocked. I know we were touching base on this before we started recording, but I'm super excited. I'm glad that we've had listenership for this long. I'm glad that we've had people that have been active and responded to us for this long. Uh, it's been it's been truly a blessing. So, 52 episodes, amazing. So in shock still. Yeah, it's been a ton of fun. It's definitely been some work. I gotta say, podcasting is work. It's 100 bit, bit of a struggle <laughs> at times when you have real life going on, but it's always nice to come back every week and sort of just you know, let it rip and talk about whatever came out that week or what's been on your mind as far as just the general landscape or whatever goes. Uh, you know, I, I, I think we always kind of thank our listenership, but we'll do it again. Thanks everybody for hanging out with us this long. Um, again, it's been a blast. I, I don't think either of us knew it would last even this long. And, and how can you, you know, I, I talked about it with uh, Everett and Andrew on uh, 40 and 20 and, they're on multiple years now and yeah and and they said the same thing they're like we we just tried not to miss a week and and here we are like 200 episodes in and i was like yeah it's it's what you kind of got to do you kind of just got to hold yourself to that standard of we're not trying to miss and even if we're going to we have to just try to make it up in some way and and i think it kind of just keeps you honest and it keeps you on track and and it i guess it, it keeps you coming back every week it's it's something to strive for oh for sure for sure and and you you and I have said this before. I mean, we knew that just starting out that that was going to be our expectation. And I know I've been the biggest hurdle for this because of all my travel and things that I've done for work. But we've been able to make it work. So thank you to you as well, my friend. Um, you've been extremely flexible and, and with my schedule and last minute changes to everything. So um, thank you to our listeners and thank you to you. Yeah. So, you know, we don't have anything in incredibly special for this episode planned um you know we, we figured we would just keep it business as usual um you know didn't want to create any awkward buzz or anything for it so we're just gonna do our usual thing and uh have some fun tonight how was uh how are things going by you there kid everything's good man um like i said every week is a new week closer to when the baby's gonna be here so it's the last minute uh, final push and uh, and and scramble. I'm uh, done officially traveling. Big trips for work, so nice. I might go places here and there for you know one two days max, but uh, nothing crazy. That'll be a multi week or multi day trip. So I'm thankful for that, uh, and I'm ready. You know, time for time to to kick it in full full gear to be new dad again. Oh so. uh, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be exciting for sure. What about you, my friend? Things are pretty good. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm on kind of the downhill slope as far as busy season goes. It's it's kind of like it's almost like landing an airplane. You know how every time you go down, you, you pop back up just a little bit. It's kind of the same thing. Every time <laughs> I think I'm out of the water, it's like, oh, here comes another little kind of busy week. We got a couple of things going on. This person yeah. needs this. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to get into the sort of rela- relaxation groove, but it's it's not quite working, but uh, I had a pretty cool week. I went to uh, I went to a Real Men Wear Pink event last night. Actually, um, it was sort of a a thank you 
from the guy who I guess manages New York City and Long Island and he had it, it was cool, it was at a, a pretty a local steakhouse and no way they did, you know, finger food, scotch tasting, wine tasting. So kind of indulged with the other the other pink bros. Um <laughs> you know, it was funny because you you get kind of into talking with them and they all kind of share their piece about what they do, you know. One of the guys I actually went to high school with, and he's, he's a real estate agent, and so he he has a huge network that way. And these other guys, you know, this guy's with TD, and this person's with you know the uh, uh, he's a government agent. So like, they all have these big networks, and they're like, "So yeah. what did you?" I'm like, uh, <laughs> "I have to explain I do what, memes on I the to, internet. <laughs> I have to explain what a meme account is first. You know, like oh a lot of these guys gosh. are 40, 50, 60. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. So let me explain to you how this works. Uh, <laughs> there's these funny pictures, the captions, you may have seen them, you know, so it was pretty hysterical in that, right? And then I have to explain that it kind of, you know, that was where it started. Then it transitioned to this type of thing. And now that I've, I've a bit of a household name, I, I get, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to have things donated to me and people have been very kind and very generous. And, you know, I've, I've managed to, get this thing going and it's been kind of just snowballed out of control but all in the best way possible and so it's been uh it was fun kind of explaining that and also just like feeling the <laughs> feeling the judgment i guess <laughs> the dagger eyes are like what is this dude doing here like i don't i don't get it yeah but at the same time like you guys you know you're all out wheeling and dealing like i i'm just a guy with a phone like that's what I do. yeah <laughs> a so, little bit it's, it's it's some low-key jealousy that's for sure a little bit uh, you know it's gotta be it's gotta be yeah but uh so anyway so i, I did wear uh i wore my grand seiko with the pink straps so i could i could have that i took a, a wrist shot in front of the real men wear pink sign um and uh yeah it was pretty great overall uh and and milestone alert i've crossed the ten thousand dollar mark on my own uh, donation page which means strap habits got his end i've got mine i think we're gonna clear 20 which is insane that's amazing that is absolutely so insane and you know what there is still a nomos to be had so don't forget there is a nomos up for grabs still uh donations trickling in little by little um i think strap habit has like a couple random straps left i don't think he has many so if you're looking for those yeah there i think i think he said today on his post a few hours ago 21 and 22 are still available okay so if you yeah, got but it's got lugs, a, it's gotta be it's gotta be limited super 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 yeah, limited he so. told me it was so get him while you while you can if you know a lot of people are getting their second one which is i know you did but mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> a lot yeah of people are, are like oh i'm getting my second one I'm like you, you know no pressure on my end but you know thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so that's kind of neat but again if you're uh looking for the nomos i know even some people again 10 bucks is just fine i, I don't judge i'm not looking for numbers i'm just happy to have you you know uh, speaking of Nomos, I guess that's a perfect transition. We have a ton of new releases and I think, I guess it's, it's weeks leading up to these sort of big fairs or big weekends. I think a lot of people drop stuff so that there, there'll be conversation pieces yeah. in addition to what's going on. Like I remember, yeah, it seems to be the trend. Yeah. Obviously sure. the moon swatch came out week before watches and wonders total troll move by the way yeah it was uh, you know it was 100 intentional 100 intentional. I mean, it was the and, talk and of watches nobody, and wonders and it wasn't and nobody there. could talk about watches and wonders it was all about the moon swatch it was moon swatch and what the hell did rolex put out right the yeah 
yeah. left-handed so GMT. That was so. it. It was it was it was those two things. That was the talk of the town at that point. But so <laughs> I think people sort of take in that and ran with it and said, you know, maybe we should get our stuff out this week and see if we can make some noise. You know? Yeah, for sure. You know, I'm not going to say I did that, you know, cutting off the November bros by getting it in October. But <laughs> hey, you <laughs> know, kidding. there's there's two different causes for two oh, different for reasons. Sure, for sure. Um, so anyways, transitioning Nomos, uh, Nomos dropped a Neomatique that they previously made in 42 millimeters. It is now down to 37 millimeters. Sweet spot, baby. Not only Sweet does it spot. come, you're right. And not only does it come in that sick blue, but also a green now that they call petrol green, I believe. Yes. It's almost like an off color British racing green. It's, it's like the, the traditional petrol colors, like a bluish green variant. You know, it's funny. I guess that makes sense because it reminds me it's very like Jaguar. Yeah, 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 exactly. Know? And I guess that makes exactly. total sense. But these are, you know, I loved it in 42. I didn't know if it would be ideal for me in 42, especially because, as you mentioned, the lugs do get rather lengthy on these. Yeah. And but you in, can you can just tell by the press photos. The, lung, yes, the lugs are yes. pretty uh, pretty long. But so. in 37, oof. You know, it's I even DM them. I said, "You guys are you guys are playing fire with me right now, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> I might have to get one of these." I know they're they're uh, it's a force to be reckoned with for sure. Yeah, and I don't know what do you what do you call the the finish on the small seconds subdial there? It's so it's like a it's a radial finish. So it is. It, it almost looks like uh, the grooves of of a record. So yeah, almost like a water ripple. Yeah, yeah, exactly, sorts. exactly. So it like if you have a pebble that hits the water and it sends out the ripples in a concentric pattern all the way around, that's exactly what it looks like. But I think probably more people can envision grooves in a record. Yeah, um, that that is exactly what it is. A lot of brands have done this in the past. It's a very beautiful design, and it's a cool way to distinguish the subdial visually. Yes, from the sun brushing of the rest of the dials, which I think are great. Yeah, and they have it on sort of a more traditional oyster with polished center links. They have it on what appear to be some two-piece nylons, which look really, really sporty. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of traditional Nomos bracelet that they have. I don't know what style that is. It, it almost looks like an expansion bracelet, but uh, it's it's the one they have on all their clubs. But it, it's, yeah. you know, it doesn't have uh, fitted end links or anything, but it's... It's a straight end link, but it's it's their very much their unique style, and it just looks good on all of them. And it's very sporty. It's in a great size. They show a, an amazing loom shot. Looks really good with the, the yeah. numerals that they have. I I'm very smitten early on with this one. I, I yeah I'm I, I'm, I'm gonna have to check man. one of these out. I'm intrigued. I think it's a very very handsome looking watch, and I think you know it's good to see Nomos moving into more of a kind of utility timepiece, you know, more, much more sporty, something that can be worn certainly every single day. You know, even though these colors are interesting, they're not they're not so off the wall that it would be hard to wear every single day. You know? Yeah. I think it's a great unisex piece as well given the size and I mean the petrol is is a very very it's good sweet. looking color. It is sweet. It's a very good looking color for sure. From there, we will go on to another, uh, I don't want to call it a re-release, but sort of an elaboration on a previous release this year. Longine is developing their Spirit chronograph, 
and this is the Pioneer Edition. It is a black dial watch, and it has sort of that always-on loom, and it's neon green, but it looks really, really good because the contrast is just all there. Yep. It's a winner. It's a winner in my book. I really do like it. I think it's very sporty. It's it's a great take on a classic chronograph look, you know, something of the 1930s, 1940s, that very just legible dial, but it makes it feel modern with the way that they did the black and the green color choice. I think it's and it's, you know, it's super visible. <laughs> like this is probably one of the easiest watches to read. Yeah. And so you get that green on the markers on the numerals, even on the sub seconds hands, it looks like yeah, they, they have yeah. them. And also in the stitching, which is cool. It's got a, a fabric strap. I can't tell if it's sailcloth or Kevlar or what is it. Yeah, but... it, it looks it looks almost like a Cordura, like a yeah, maybe like a, almost like what Omega uses on their yes. straps. And so it's got uh, so that green stitching in it. It looks really, really good. Yeah, it's and it's just it's it's a colorway too that I don't think I've seen done often, like the dark green and and black um but i like it i think it's cool i think it's very cool and you know it's titanium, titanium it looks like i was about to say yep so i mean it's going to be super lightweight even though it's got a little bit thicker of a case because this is uh according to the website it's 16 and a half millimeters so it's not a thin timepiece by any means but uh -huh. you know it's a modular chronograph i'm sure it's got some stuff going on inside of it so that would explain the thickness um but the other thing, too, that's great about this is there are other strap options as well on the Longines website that you can kind of interchange. Um, and even on some of the colors, I would have never thought to put this on. It looks fantastic. Like there's a there's like a matte blue calfskin that they have. And it looks so good on this watch, even though it's like a color that I would have never put on it originally. It looks good. And it does have a chronometer certified movement, which is pretty cool. Yes, it is COSC tested. Yeah, so 42 mils, kind of a standard chronograph size, even though it's a, a bit of a thick boy. But I think that's that's sort of their thing. Even like the the Avigation, the Big Eye, they're all a little bit thick, even though I know that's a, I'm pretty sure that's a 7750, I think. Um, but yeah, a lot of these, a lot of these chronographs have thicker cases on them. It's just exactly. sort, of, sort of what happens. But that's why we're always so impressed when we get a thinner chronograph like right yeah. when you get like an el primero or something it's it's more of a marvel in the fact that they can pack that into a, a thin case for sure for sure and again keep in mind this is an automatic so it's gonna have to naturally be thicker given you know the proportions of the movement like you said it's probably some variation of a 7750 it has a different orientation for the sub dials so it's going to be some type of one of those variants because it has the the three, six, and nine subdials as opposed to the six, nine, and twelve subdial indication. Um, but you know, all kind of similar in their design. And from there, I think we can jump to another chronograph that came out. And I think both of us really enjoyed this one, especially because <laughs> once again, we we dabble in the affordable because who doesn't? It's it's fun, right? Uh, this is the Timex Q chronograph and this one is unapologetically timex q giant oh, yeah. q at the 12 o'clock index <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this got a lot of buzz this watch got a lot of buzz and for good reason it's just a cool looking watch 
I think from Timex, you know, for what, $200 US. This is a, a funky watch. It's a cool one. Um, I love the case profile of it. I love the, the vintage styling of it. And I just think it's a watch that's meant to be fun. It's obviously evocative of other high-end brand watches. Yes. You know, Rolex Daytona, Zenith El Primeros, Omega Speedmasters. It's got a lot of that in its vein in design. But it's just, it's cool. How could you not like it for $200? Yeah, for 200 bucks doesn't get you a lot these days, but you do get that that cool kind of uh, funky bracelet that it comes on. Yeah. You get this sort of uh, the Neo Timex Q look where you have the like hooded lug system. Exactly. And yeah, it's going to be a quartz watch, but you, you know, you make peace with that when you buy it. You know you're buying something inexpensive and fun. It has the look of all of the, like you said, vintage chronos that everybody loves. Now, I would like to take a second because this uh, chrono second hand is kind of interesting, right? It's it's almost like a lollipop, but the lollipop is in the middle. And yes. it's, uh, it's what I, I like to, when I look at it, I think martini. Like I'm thinking martini olive with the, the toothpick going through it situation. 100% agree with you. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess a, I'm That's such that. a great name for it because I don't think anybody's called it that before. Because I don't know if you call this a lollipop. A lollipop is a lollipop at the end, right? There's not exactly a stick going yeah. through it. Exactly. Yeah. This is the the martini olive secondhand. So yeah. I don't know. Go. I don't know if there's a there's probably a better name for that, but uh, I'll revise it as I go. But for now, martini olive works. <laughs> no, I think it's great. I and it looks great. like this comes in uh, black and also a almost like a panda variant. I can't tell if it's a silver yeah. or white, but. Yeah, I can't I can't tell from the photos. It looks like it might be like a cream from some of the different press photos okay. that I've seen, but some of the live shots it looks more silver. So I I really can't tell. But yeah. So looks like you have your choices of straps, bracelets, all that good stuff and uh I think the yeah. strap for me is a, is a winner on this one. It just I don't know, makes it feel more dressy. I like it. It's more sporty too. And it kind of reminds me, you know, of some of those old like seventies, like Movado Chronos, and yes, yes, you know, absolutely. You know those with those funky cases, and like it, that's just kind of what it looks like to me. I think it's, you know, I have to give a lot of credit and love to Timex because they have come so far into producing things that make watch collectors want to buy them. Yes, even high end collectors. Exactly. I mean, I remember when Timex was a joke. You know, it was like the watch your grandfather wore, and they, you know, they had he had an easy write or easy reader, right? Because it was so legible, right? And it's like now, not only can they be functional in that type of design language, right, where it's something that's easy to read, very, you know, in a you know, very affordable. You can get it at Walmart or Target or whatever. But they have an entirely separate sect of their brand that is just constantly producing bangers of watches that are great for the savvy watch collector to have and i and i think, I think it's the, awesome i think the qgmts are still sold out i, I mean i wouldn't doubt it i wouldn't doubt it. i know who dink i know who dinky did a write-up for him now what i'm wondering is i i didn't look at the lug widths on all of these but if i could throw the tropic from the the other cue on this, I think, I think I'm winning. 
Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. One hundred percent. But I guess while and, we're on you know, so somebody's gotta make one at this point. I mean, I know that people are making aftermarket rubber straps. Oh yeah. For things like, you know, the PRX or other stuff like that that's coming out into the market. Somebody's gotta make something for the queue to be, you know, with that integrated lug bracelet design. I think it'll be amazing. And it's something that I think is gonna gonna do really well if somebody decides to make that. Yeah. But so while we're with Timex, they also did put out a recent collab, another obviously affordable watch, but they did a collaboration with Nigel. Let's just call him Caborn. I think and, uh, I think it's Caborn. Caborn. Yeah. Caborn. Eh, tomato. Tomato. <laughs> um, but it's a it's a field watch. It's kind of stealthy in the whiteout sort of way, not necessarily the blacked out sort of way. It's like right. a very like sand, very uh, desert camo type of look. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's 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 a field watch. Yeah. It's neat. It's 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 a cool little. Uh, field watch but it's more of a it's a light a light motif as opposed to a dark one yeah exactly and you know i'm getting a lot of mod vibes here because it has a lot of that kind of design language yeah I, I think it comes with two straps it's got a broad arrow logo at the top so a little bit of kind of like the 007 edition vibes in in the dial language a little bit but you know that's just historically accurate to how watches would have been issued to the british military it comes with a watch roll, which again is kind of similar to that 007 edition. You know, you have a few different strap options. They're going to feature the broad arrow logo, which I think is cool. And it's just simple. It's a nice little desert field watch that looks great for its price. Yeah, and it kind of follows the trend of their other field watches they've been putting out recently, 36 millimeters. Yeah. Uh, you know, comes on a strap or NATO. You know, 30 meters water resistance, 18 mil lugs, like pretty, pretty standard for what they do. It, it's a quartz movement. Um, Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But a, a lot of them are. I know I know they put out the hand one, the one I got, but the rest of them have either been quartz or solar. So. And this one's also interesting, too. We didn't really mention it yet, but it has fixed lugs. So this is not a spring bar watch. It has fixed lugs. Yeah, I just noticed that. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just noticed that because I was looking at uh, they have a photo with two of them, one stacked kind of on top of the other one, and the bottom yeah. one has the NATO on it. The top mm -hmm. one has what appears to be like a single path uh, fabric strap, and it's got sort of uh, the Connery bond situation going on where it looks like it's about two millimeters too sh short. <laughs> and I was looking okay. at the bar. I'm looking at the, the bar. I'm like, that's not a spring bar. That's fixed. Yeah. So that's interesting. Also interesting that this strap doesn't fit it, but I, I, I don't know if that's the actual OEM or they were just like, screw it, throw it off of the picture, but. I mean, it could be just like an early prototype too, you know, because I'm looking at, uh, at the pictures directly on the website and I can't, I can't find that one. Yeah. I can't find that photo because it looks like everything fits correctly on the photos that I'm looking at. I'll see if I can uh, somehow relay this to you. So I'll try to focus this here. <laughs> but like you could see right up in there, you could see like extra, like the material stops and there's bar right there. Let's see if I can send it to you. 
Okay. So just look at like the top left lug and the bottom right one on the, the picture I just sent you. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's way, way short. <laughs> but you know, that almost looks like an original one. Could be. It almost looks like that was like an actual version of the watch. I wouldn't doubt because I can't I can't find that photo at all. So I'm wondering if it's uh if this is this the is remake the one that they're referencing. The yeah. Because huh. I'm looking at, at the lugs themselves and the lugs look different than than what I'm seeing on the on this photo that you sent me. Interesting. So maybe that's where they got the referencing in and the yeah, styling, which, that might be it. which would make sense why the strap was smaller. Yep. Because they were all, you know, military issued. And at that time, there was just kind of a, a very simple standardization. They didn't have things that fit. It was just like, okay, we're making one strap and one strap only. It's going on all the watches. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. So that's probably what, that's probably the original. If they, if this did, did exist before. It could be because I've also known that actual issued military watches tend to have thin straps. Exactly. Right. Like even uh, I think the 34 millimeter marathons have like a 16 millimeter strap. on. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was standard military regulation was 16 so, millimeter. Yeah. Because if you think about it that way, if you remember the bull of a mill ships, it's on 16 too. Oh yes. Yeah. You're right. You know what I mean? Yep. You are hundred percent right. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt if that was kind of like the original one. You know, here we go. Yeah, kind of a complete shift of gears here. We'll go over to Breitling. Breitling put out a new Endurance Pro, sort of a collab with Iron Man. Yep. And uh, it's neat. It's very, a uh, lot of contrast. It's a very black watch with a lot of different colors. A lot of color, that's yeah. for sure, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of dig it. Like it's it's Like I said, it's very black, black bezel, black dial, black case. But then on the the rehab, it's got like turquoise, orange, pink. It's got a bright orange strap that's got the. It doesn't have the Breitling carved into it. It's got Iron Man carved into it. Yeah. And then it has the Iron Man logo in the six o'clock subdial, that's also pretty colorful. And the Chrono Second Hand is actually teal. So. Yeah, I mean, it looks cool. <laughs> I mean, this watch for you know is not a watch for me personally. I think it's very cool in celebration of what it represents. You know, a very important sporting competition and certainly a very difficult one where some of the world's best athletes get to compete. Um, it's you know not a watch for everybody, but it's also the Ironman competition is not a watch for, is not for everybody. You know no, I mean? so it's very cool that it represents this, and I know quite a few people that own this type of watch the endurance and it's their workout watch you know it's a cycling watch it's a track and field timepiece it's super lightweight it's quartz but it's designed to be those things yeah i mean especially if you're going to be doing an iron man 70.3 imagine having that sticker everybody's got like the 26 or the 13 
70.3 is like the alpha sti- bumper sticker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so I guess if you're going to do all that, right, you, you definitely need to be able to take some a beating, take some shock, right? Especially for a chronograph because chronographs have a lot of moving parts, a lot of small parts. And if it's going to take that bit of a beating, quartz makes a lot of sense. 100%. And some people 100%. might say, you know, 3,500 for a quartz watch. I don't know. But this is also a thermocompensated super quartz movement. So yeah. we've talked about thermocompensation before on here and how it relates to accuracy and how a chronograph might function. So, you know, take that for what it is. It's it's designed to be somewhat of a super watch. But again, even I've spoke about this at length before when I've said, like, if I'm going to do a very active activity, I, I think a quartz watch makes a lot of sense, which is why I liked the, the Solar Arnie, which is why I like a lot of those for that reason, right? The solar, yeah, exactly. Um, the solar quartz little thirty-eight millimeter Seiko diver I have. If I'm gonna take it and you know bang it against the rocks, swimming at the beach, like why not have a quartz watch? It makes a ton of sense. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I mean, how many of us wear G-Shocks? We don't want to wear our nice watches out. I mean, it, it it it's a completely practical thing to do. Having something that's like this that can be unique for this type of job, this type of activity. Again, it's not for everybody. It's not designed to be for everybody, but it's in, it's designed to celebrate athletes who have trained an insurmountable amount of time to be able to compete in this type of competition. They deserve to have something cool that's different from what everybody else can get. Yeah, agree. In a completely different package, uh, this one is going to be trouble. Uh, this is the Grand Seiko. <laughs> it's an Aussie limited edition SBGJ269. By the way, somebody DM'd us today and thanked us for slowly and clearly reading the reference numbers recently. Oh, good. Nice. Yeah. Very it's good. It's not, not the same guy who, who asked us to slow down, but he, he said that. And I said, well, somebody else told us they couldn't understand us. So we try to be. You know, cognizant of that. <laughs> <laughs> we're the watch part of the people, all right? Yeah. So we're, we're trying to be here for you guys. Yeah. So it's an Aussie LE. Grand Seiko, I'm just going to tell you now, I need one of these for next year. Next October, yeah. I need one of these. It doesn't have to be the exact one, but I need a pink. It looks like it's got sort of like the pink Kirazuri pattern on it. I yeah. need. I need. Okay. I know it's a limited edition. It doesn't have to be this one. Change the GMT hand. Take away the red text or whatever. Fine. It doesn't have to be this one, but I need this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this would this would literally be the perfect donation watch for next year if it's possible. Yeah. If Who it's knows? possible, Who you knows? know. But and again, you know, this might be a, just a big pipe dream for for both you and I. But you know, also it's kind of it's kind of you spiritually created into a timepiece. <sighs> I know. So it's a grand Seiko. <laughs> it's it's their GMT model. High beat, the high beat automatic, and uh, yeah, it's it's the one you know. It's got the twenty four hour time on the inside of the markers with the sort of small GMT hand on it, and the typical handset that comes with pretty much every Grand Seiko, and it's it's in that uh that smaller uh thirty nine millimeter, thirty nine and a half, whatever it is, case. It's got the Zeratsu polishing, all that good stuff. And it's just got this beautiful pink Kirazuri dial. I 
Thank God this is a limited because I would be in trouble. Not that I don't already have a pinkish Grand Seiko, but this is a, a cool, really cool watch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not the biggest Grand Seiko fan out there, and you know that, but I got to call respect where respect is due. It's a beautiful watch. It really is. And I think, you know, in terms of donation timepieces, what could be a future watch for us um, and the podcast, this is this is a hard watch to beat. And it just it seems so weird to me that we're seeing so much more influence, so much more characterization and design going into new watches with pink dials. And not like salmon. Pink. Yeah, this is definitely not Sam. There's no copper hue to this at all. It's it's straight up pink. And I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know which way you'd call it, but I you know what I think it is? I think you had some first movers that were handsomely rewarded and praised for going the routes they did. They put out some really, really good-looking pink dials, pink accents, all that stuff. And people were like, damn, we really missed the boat, and now we have to kind of play catch-up. I think that's what happened. Okay. Because I know so, some brands kind of leaned into it kind of gradually. Some dove right in. Obviously, the Nomos I have is unapologetically pink. The Grand Seiko oh, yeah. I have is yeah. subtly pink. So, yeah. And all, and all the Grand Seikos seem to be subtly pink. Yeah. You know, the cherry blossom kind of dials like they're it's just a light kiss of the color, but it's there. Yeah. But so those those brands that really jumped in were sort of lauded and kind of got the credit. And I think people were like, well, I, I guess we, we don't have to be apprehensive about that anymore. Like it, it was welcomed. It didn't get rejected. So yeah. clearly there's a, there's a market for it. Yeah. I mean, now I want one. Too many pink dials. So here's an interesting one. I'm sure this one is controversial. I haven't heard many people's opinion on it. Um, I'm curious what our buddy Matt McDee has to say about it. I know he's a big Bremont fan. So this yeah. is the Bremont H1 Supernova. I think a lot of people are quick to call this the Bremont Royal Oak or whatever. It's got that very Genta-esque design. It's got sort of the Royal Oak looking bracelet on it. And uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. It's uh, it's I mean it's it's a neat looking watch. I it's got broadsword hands, got a power reserve at six, sort of a a double digit big date kind of look at three. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it comes in three colors: black, what appears to be a silver or gray, and then dark blue, red tip on the second hand. And uh, yeah, it's just steel sport watch the whole way through. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting design for sure. I mean, obviously you can see where where the influence of this directly comes from. There's no there's no question about it. Yeah, it's unapologetic. It's a Royal Oak and a Nautilus and so many other, you know, Genta esque designs kind of marrying themselves right, together. That ingenue. Exactly. It's 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 a lot, right? And there's no shame in the game. You know, people don't have exclusivity on design as long as it's not directly copying something that somebody else has created. Uh, people can riff and people can do something that's different. And I think Bremont has certainly done that. 
They have a unique uh, way of representing their their triptych case, which is basically, um, you know, an internal case within the outer portion of the case that allows for extra shock resistance and uh, and uh, you know protection for the movement. You can also see this represented when you flip the watch over. You can kind of see these like red rings around the movement that helps to protect it from shock and different things like that. This is an in-house movement from Bremont as well, which is yeah. nice to see. Uh, so it's going to be an in-house movement with power reserve and a big date complication. So very off the wall, not something I would have pictured. But you know what? Good for them. Yeah, and somebody Do something different. Somebody tagged me in. Uh, they tried to make a a meme about this, and they were like, "Braymont, you were so close." And then they put up the side profile, and it looks the side profile looks thick, but it's reading eleven point one. That's not thick at all. No. So forty millimeters by eleven point one. Those are it's actually just, pretty nice dimensions. It's just because of the way the case is designed. When you look at it from the top. It looks like a normal watch case, but when you look at it from the side profile, it's almost scalloped under the lugs. And yeah, the that's case, exactly it. And the case hangs below the lugs. So that's kind of part of that triptych design that they that they it, that they incorporate so much into into their own. And it's that is their own design language. Like that is there's not another brand of watch that I've seen make a case in this variation. And this is something that Bremont has done with this watch. They've also done it on all of their other watches in the collection. And that's partly some of the reasons why people either love their design or they don't like the design. It's really kind of no in-between here. But I have to laud them for what they're doing. They're creating their own design. They're creating their own, you know, type of style language. And you know what? Good for them. And it looks like they have some pretty cool decorative aspects on the exhibition case back, too. Yeah. It looks very like Zenith. Like I mean, Zenith it, has a star. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, and it's an in-house move for them. So good for them. Can I just say, a, though? It takes I don't a know, lot of money to develop one. Have you ever seen their sort of like their little micro logo? It's like two propellers kind of wrapping around each other. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you, man. It looks like a Pokeball. Oh really? <laughs> so like it's on it's on the crown and on the clasp of this watch. And like if you look at it, I swear to God, it looks just like a Pokeball. It's it's very funny. Oh, I see it now. Yep. So there's that. Enjoy that, folks. <laughs> ruined. I, ruined for I all of you. I see it now. I cannot see it. Pokeballs. Oh no. Martini Ovs and Pokeballs. That's what there we're doing. There you go. Risky's radio. We're leading the trends over here. <sighs> Onto somebody that I've been become acquainted with this year, and uh, I I hope to check out at Windup certainly, uh, Nevada. And you said you didn't even realize you weren't even aware even of this. This I one I didn't even catch it. So they made an Antarctic in what they call the Spider configuration. Yes. And uh, how would you even describe this one? It's it's a definitely an interesting layout. So I mean. They call it the spider because there's basically a centralized crosshair. And then from that, you have all of the hour markers that instead of running, you know, around the dial in a linear format, they're literally mounted directly up. 
So they're all completely vertical. Right. They're all oriented vertically. They're not pointing towards the middle of the dial. Exactly. Yeah. And then from there, you have connection points from the center of the dial that meet each one of these vertical hour markers. And so it looks like a spider. Like it, it, it does. It, it's a very interesting design language. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, I know Nevada did this in the past, and it was certainly a very um, polarizing design back then. It still is today for sure. But these these new ones, holy crap. When I saw this, I was I was immediately taken. Yeah, and this I guess is I guess these beautiful are, dial. Are a, a collab with some kind of a French retailer. I guess yeah, it's, it's O'Karat. I don't yeah, know. O'Karat or O'Karat. Um, I'm not exactly sure what that is. Like I said, I mean, you just told me about this today. I'm like looking it up and I'm like, whoa, I, yeah, didn't even know it existed. And now I feel stupid because I love it. <laughs> yeah. So this has all that, all the kind of typical Nevada, Antarctic, super Antarctic design language to it. And I'm sure you can get this. I know it's on a beads of rice here. I'm sure you can get it on any strap because that's kind of how they roll. And they have those, yeah. that force in their connection, which is really cool. Uh, they made this one in a silver dial with a cream lumen. I guess it must have just kicked ass because they're doubling down on it. And with good reason, this looks great. It, it, I'm seeing two different shades of blue. One seems kind of more like, a, I don't know, like a cerulean. And then another one is a, a very light blue. Uh, but it's pretty oh. cool. There's no, there's no index at 12, 6, or 9. It's so weird. Yeah, but it all works. Like, and then it has the yeah. Nevada Antarctic at nine, and it has their own sort of version of a Cyclops at three with a date. Definitely just funk, straight up funky watch, but, but just cool, it. very cool. I love it. I love it so much. If I could get my hands on one of these, I mean, I loved the original Spider when it came out, like the like the vintage with the silver dial that they yeah. did. But I felt like you know the dial itself being silver and and matching the rest of the case monochromatically it just it made it wear maybe a little bit larger yeah because this is still what like sterile. 37 or something like that I think size so. wise. yeah so these dials which are it it's it's almost like a fume pattern yep but it has so much more character to it than i think that kind of suggests um I don't know. It, it just like you can perfectly see the dome, the dial. You can perfectly see the the color transition. It it's amazing. I'm not I'm not usually speechless when it comes to watches, <laughs> uh, but I really really like this one. So the the colors that they're officially calling the these bro is the dark blue one is the abyss. Okay, which I think is perfectly fitting. Yep, and then the other one is the lagoon. Which I also think is perfectly fitting. That's so funny because when I was just thinking the first one, I thought Lagoon. <laughs> but I also said, oh, Seiko did Blue Lagoon. They wouldn't do that. Jokes oh, yeah, on me. It's uh, the Spider Lagoon and Spider Abyss. Yeah, 38 mils, 11.5 thick. Not a bad package oh, at all. Such a great looking sport watch. Yeah, so I'm I'm hoping to go check them out. And hopefully they'll have a, they'll have a bunch of those that wind up that I could just fondle the hell out of. <laughs> buy it for me please <laughs> i'll pay you back <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh so a another brand that's been 
I guess dropping a fair amount of watches lately that's making sort of a run at it again is Benris, right? And Benris is bringing back a classic field watch. Yep. That's famously worn in the movie Bullet, if you're familiar with that. By Steve Good old McQueen. Steve McQueen. Yep. yep. Um, yeah. Now, interesting enough, they the older field watches, as we know, are usually small, right? They're they're in the low 30s, usually mid 30s. This one they've sort of brought into the, I guess, newer age at 40 millimeters, 39 yeah. and a half. Yeah, 39.5. So this is a little bit more like Ranger territory. Yeah. Yep. It doesn't appear from the comments. People are too thrilled about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. But it comes on kind of a neat, it's almost like a racing strap with red stitching to match the red sec, uh, tip on the second hand. And it's got all the kind of classic field watch tropes about it yeah but not in a bad way uh, i like it attractive package i curious to see how it wears because again it's 40 and field watches kind of notoriously wear a little bit long but uh you know definitely got to try it on before you can make that judgment yeah i mean from the photos it looks it looks nice like it looks like a good size you know and you know for most people, maybe 36 is too small. But I don't know. We'll have to see this watch in person. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they're at wind-up too, right? I think they are, actually. So that, aren't, they, aren't they technically based in NYC? Yeah, I, I think I saw them on the roster, and I would also like to check out the uh, that Sea Lord if they got it. Yeah. yeah. Because and, I, uh, think, I think this watch specifically um, – this this you know might be better than you know like a ranger if you're looking for that type of field watchy vibe you certainly know certainly cheaper <laughs> certainly cheaper <laughs> that's for sure um you know but this is maybe this is a nice alternative to that yeah so this is the thirty sixty one and uh yeah. props to our good friend uh Mister Michael Spencer from Whiskey and Watches he had the pleasure of covering this for Fratello which is pretty neat actually wrote an article about it so. Big that's props so there, cool. Spence. Good for you. I actually oh, went. Yeah. Through, it was funny. I actually went through the article and and didn't even realize it. And then he was like, "Did you see anything cool on Fratello today?" And I was like, "Yeah, but what was I? Oh, <laughs> 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 I actually read it and didn't even know." So that's yeah, that's neat. Yeah, and, it, and retail price is amazing too. Five hundred ninety-five bucks. Just, just tasty. <laughs> <laughs> and then, last but not least. You know, I had to save it for last. <laughs> what can I say about this? I mean, I mean, you did call it. So we have the Tag Heuer Formula One Mario Kart. I, I don't know what to say. I thought it was a joke. I thought I was getting punked. I woke up. I, I opened, you know, kind of brushed the cold out of my eye and flipped open the, the phone and I see yeah, the, was. it was the Torbion was the first one I saw <laughs> with the Mario and the blue shell and the bullet kind of going around. And I, I said, this has to be, this is somebody playing a yeah. folly. Yeah. It is not. They made two chronographs. One is very expensive and then one is kind of a normal Formula One. But uh, yeah, Mario Kart theme, it happened. <laughs> it happened. And, and it was funny. Because I know you had dropped the, we were talking about this off air, and I was like, you know what? We talked about this a while ago. You gotta post what we said about this 
Mario Kart Edition watch. Because we talked about this when they dropped the smartwatch edition that was an LE and sold out, you know, basically instantly. Everyone wanted it. And then it was gone. And then you had <laughs> brought up the point. I was like, well, if you were really going to do a racing watch, is like you have such a history with racing. Why not do a Mario Kart, Formula One, or some type of racing chronograph? Because that would at least make sense. It's different than a smartwatch. Yeah. And almost, sure enough. Almost a year. Almost a year from when we said that. I think it's a it's it's just about a year next month. Yeah. We have one. And we don't just have one, we have two. One automatic Formula One and one automatic Formula One Turbillon. I I'm in shock. It's just too funny. I can't believe it happened. I I just can't. You, and you have to give yourself a little bit of credit, bro. Maybe you have more influence in the watch industry than you think. You we're know what else? Is, you we're know what else getting is more funny. watches. We're getting some Mario Kart watches. You know what else is know. funny is that, uh, you know, when I, I, I say that initially and you get, there's always just people who love to throw the two cents in. Will never happen. What are you thinking? You're, you know, a jerk. Then I'm like, I can't believe they actually did this. They're like, it was obvious. Sure. All right. Whatever. Both sides of the coin. Go nuts. No. Oh. And this is this is right on the cuffs of the of the you know the teaser announcement for the for the Mario movie, which yeah. is also kind of funny too. You know. Yeah. Mario's kind of hyped right now, <laughs> which is so weird. I, I know it's so weird. And again, I saw the teaser. Where it showed like the depiction of the dates, this like spinning around, and I was like thirteen. I was like, thirteen what? What's on the thirteen? <laughs> we're getting a Mario Kart watch, and then dude, and you saw the strap, right? Yeah, it's definitely Bowser influenced. <laughs> it's got like the Bowser shell scale. Yeah. Like, what is what is going on? The king of the Koopa Troopas. Yeah, but I don't know. A lot of people so hate funny. them. I don't think they're bad looking. I think they're they're kind Look, of. Again, this is going to be one of those watches that everyone's going to dunk on because it's so silly and dumb. But 10 years from now, everyone's going to be asking, hey, man, you remember when we got that? When we had that Mario Kart edition. Everyone thought it was stupid. You know, I this is one of those watches I could just foresee becoming very collectible because of the character it is. It's almost like, you know, a Mickey Mouse watch, you know, like. When those came out, they probably were pretty silly too. And I don't know, maybe it's just me. I actually don't hate the watch. I, I really think it's it a either. bold. I don't. Th I think it's a bold move. I don't know if I'm rushing out to buy one myself, but I could see where this would be a great conversation starter. I know for my generation, your generation, we grew up with Mario Kart. So, like, it's kind of a nostalgic thing as well. And you know what? Good for tag. I don't think that this is the, the blockbuster design watch of the year in any way. But, you know, good for them for doing something different. And the cool, the actual cool little nugget here is 
on the Formula One, depending what date it is, it'll put up little things from the game. So it'll either put up a star, a banana, the bullet. Yeah. So that's 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 fun. Yeah, it's almost like you know Mario's driving on the track and collecting them as you know each day goes by. You know he he hits the star box and gets the star. He hits the the bomb box and hits the bomb. He gets a red shell. You know it's kind of it's kind of that idea, and it's, it's those are subtle things that people who grew up playing this game would would recognize. Yeah, you know, to everybody else, it's just not a serious watch. And I, I don't think that that's the point. I think it's quite literally the opposite of that. And here's the thing. They're going to sell every single one of them. I mean, if people are going to spend quarter of a million dollars on a Black Panther watch, why is Mario Kart any different? Who doesn't love Italian plumbers made by Japanese people? I mean, you know, one of the most iconic characters in the world. And I mean, an absolute... I don't even know what to call it. Movie, the original, the live action movie, but it, oh, it, it did have a couple so funny moments. It had a couple funny moments. Mario, so Mario funny. is always my favorite part. First name Mario, last name Mario, first name Luigi, <laughs> Luigi, Luigi. No, Luigi Mario. <laughs> <laughs> oh I like my god! Gotta love him. It's amazing. It's amazing. <sighs> yeah. So that caps the slew of new releases for this week. So many releases. So many, so many I, I, releases. I think oh we'll see God. probably more as the as the next week unfolds, and hopefully, people brought some some new heat. Or we'll be bringing some to the to all the watch fairs coming up. So that'll be cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Aside from that, I mean, you know, I didn't want to make this too much of a a memory lane type of episode, but I was looking back in our. I guess catalog here. And I started at the beginning and it's funny. I noticed a lot of the episodes kind of go in runs. So like our first three or four, a lot of it was like humble beginnings, talking about starting out, talking about, you know, kind of how, whether we got our feet under ourselves or how people kind of go about it or what the popular ways of things, you know, progressing through the hobby are um, the next three or four were a lot of like what we what we want to see like um like who we want to make new things and and what we want to see for the next year because that that's sort of when we got into almost the the new year so we were talking about new year watches and everything yeah yep um things that need to go were popular kind of throughout <laughs> we always kind of like to touch on that stuff that's always fun i mean i think that's everybody's kind of favorite thing it's like what, what what we don't want to see any more of but also kind of like what we do so you can always go back at it. right um you know we talked a lot about like who we like who we, who we like as far as content creators go and what we like to read and what we like to take in that was cool stuff um you know what who we buy things from that was that was a big thing as well uh sort of uh dispelling popular tropes is another big thing um you know talk about quartz watches we did the episode with kelly we were talking about sort of watches from a, a female perspective and that was a great episode that Still was one of my favorites to record that was a good one and uh i i would like to get a couple more 
lady guests, I guess, if we're going to do that. But I, I actually, I, I, I do have a couple in the, in the stable, so that, that'll be good. I think we can definitely do that in the next next however many years. Just kidding. <laughs> I'll be, you know, I'll be happy if we get another one off here. So, <laughs> um, yeah, next, uh, we definitely talked sort of tastes and funk. And I, I know we had, I had the one where you weren't here and I had Nate and Greg on. That was a good one. That was, that was fun. We sort of, sort of a non-watch episode, but it was, it was so weird to listen to the episode play back because it was like, I, I kept thinking about all the things that I would have said yeah. during the episode. And it was so weird to hear other people kind of echo either the same sentiments as me or something completely off the wall, but have just great points. And it was, it was weird. It was so it's such a like a transformative episode for me, just because I was the fly on the wall in that episode, and uh, and it was cool. It was, it was it was fun to listen to it. Yeah, and then right after that, we had Akbar on. We talked about micro brands and sort of how you even get started in that, and sort of the the, the ups and downs, the pitfalls. That that was a, I feel like that was a very insightful episode for a lot of people. Probably, I I loved it. I loved it. That was a good. And it, it was just it was just like pulling back the curtains and just taking a nice good long peek behind the, you know, all the smoke and mirrors that can be within the watch industry, which is which is good. People need to know. Yeah, and then that led us into probably like you know the probably the most epic part of this year, which was Moonswatch, Watches and Wonders. That was that that was like the peak of content for this Ugh. year. Like there was just so much going on. Obviously, the Moonswatch, we had that hilarious like impromptu <laughs> live stream with Mike, where he went and oh, he pretty much just trolled the line and then tried to get a Moonswatch and didn't. And it was fun though; it was a good time. That was that was awesome. We've uh, we've since spoken to him. He's doing good. He's in Florida now, so. Uh, you know, all the best. I miss Mike. you, buddy. Come back. Yeah. <laughs> we miss you. Uh, yeah. From there, we went into sort of like uh, famous faces for watches. We talked ambassadors. We talked Bond with Lorenzo the first time. That was a fun episode. Obviously, we were, we were talking, you know, about the the Connery sub and sort of how it doesn't exactly match up. And you know, that wasn't really ever touched on much before. So I think I think that always. Uh, and- when you could bring something new like that, it's it's it it shows I, you know some value. And I was surprised that nobody really pushed us on that episode. Nobody really pushed. I don't us think anybody on. knows. <laughs> I that's still one of my favorite ones to record because it was like such a deep dive for me to go through this, read all this research about it, and like there's just no definitive consensus on this watch at all. And if you're listening to this now and you haven't listened to that episode, go check it out because it's just like it's a unique perspective. I don't think anybody has really talked about before, not in the bond community that I know of and certainly not in the watch community. And I was expecting so much more flack. I really was. It's like everyone just is kind of like accepted it. It's like, let's go. Huh. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's. Well, I mean, it could be one of those things where people don't know, and they're just like, "Well, I'm not gonna throw my two cents in and make an ass out of myself." So. <laughs> oh, I certainly did that. I'm like, well, "We're going full till on this bad boy." Uh, after that, we did summer. I know we talked a lot of summer watches, sort of the you know what the whole idea behind you know what you look for in a summer watch, you know what we would pick for summer watches. Um, I had the Mister Jones craze. Yeah, Mister Jones had his moment this year. Good for good for them. You know, good for that brand. 
you know, I don't know if they'll ever listen to to these episodes, but you know what, little independent micro brand in Europe, good for you. I'm glad to see that your orders tripled within like a few month period. <laughs> yeah, we had a. Uh... Some fun episodes in there. I had the the Justin and Devin, the Restorian Brothers, on. That was a, that was a fun episode. I that had with those guys. Episode, yeah. And he actually, um, they get each other like goofy gift watches for their birthdays and stuff. They just like, I think it's like under fifty bucks. One of them found that pigeon racing watch and gave it to the other one, which is hysterical. <laughs> I can't believe, it. like, that was like our big joke it was like this pigeon pigeon timer, and he found it. So good for him. That was cool. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine a few years after being friends, it's like you just have all these ridiculous watches you'll never own or use. Yeah. yeah. It's all just but hanging guess, out in the watch box, you know. But hey, you know, those are those are story pieces, right? That's like they are the story pieces. Nobody's got sure. those. Uh after that, we had Tom. That's I think a lot of people really like that one. I know oh, even uh, yeah, yeah. Even <laughs> The dude, uh, Brendan on Watch Cringe had his dad on, and his dad threw us a shout out for that one. He really liked that one, so that was cool. Um, you know, always neat to hear when people you don't really know of or expect like tune in, and you're like, oh, it's it's neat, right? But uh, I think everybody that liked cool. that one. It was very insightful. It was neat. It was you know, you, you have somebody who is you know semi famous, right? Like he's yeah, and and he's done so much yeah. work. And it, it, it's so much work in the background that you just you you recognize him when he gets pointed out to you because you've seen his face before. You just didn't know why you've seen his face, you know. And you want to hear and, something funny? I I I was listening to an, another podcast I listen to pretty regularly, and they were talking to a guy who was on TV in the I don't know fifties or sixties, and they're like, "Oh, it turns out after that he went on to teach stunt school." So like. They mentioned he had one in Florida, and I was like, it's probably coincidence, but I, I hit Tom up, and I was like, hey, did you happen to go to Kim Kahana's school? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, no way. Like, I just listened to a podcast about this guy. Like, we were talking about, like, how he Are knew him. Are you serious? And I was like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> Jesus. It's, yeah. You know, it's as big of the world as it really is. It is such a small world, too. Isn't it? It's amazing right? to me. And if you want to hear an interesting story, listen to that one. He was on. Uh, he was on with uh, Adam Carolla, and he, this dude, he like stowed away from the island, the Pacific Islands, and he was in the war. He was like a paratrooper. He got ordered to death by a firing squad en mass. Got shot. Didn't die. They tried to. They they just brought a bulldozer in and buried them all, mass grave style. He lived. Got out. Like. This dude has nine lives. He he survived a plane crash where like 30 other people on this plane died. Dude lived. Yeah, that's it's uh, like those are the stories where I'm like, I, I lived an insignificant life. Like I don't <laughs> first world problems are never so evident. It's, when it's, I listen it's to like the like guy that. is like, he's like, was it unbreakable? Right. Like, the, yeah, that's the, exactly the, what I was thinking of. Bruce just was cannot unbreakable. Die. Yeah, just don't put him near water. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was just like, and then you know, six degrees of separation, Kevin Bacon style. I was like, this is that's so weird. This is so weird. Yeah, so that was cool, definitely cool. Um, after that, we had we had a lot of vintage theme going on. I mean, I know I go through cycles where I'll be, I go through kind of new watches, vintage watches, and I go back and forth and upside down, and you know, uh, cycle through and get the bug for one or the other. But I, you know, I I've definitely hit the the vintage market harder than I ever have this year as far as uh like snooping out new models. So I think that was a big uh 
I think probably this podcast is big in enabling that, unfortunately, yeah, for, sure. Or for sure, better or worse, for both for both yeah. of us, for sure. <laughs> uh, after that, we got into a lot of uh, sort of talking about classics, all timers. We did like Mount Rushmore's and things like that. Uh, talk some philosophy, and then uh, we kind of get up to the the present where we've been talking. You know, we had the the Bond Watch episode, which got that got a ton of downloads i'm sure it's because we we probably got some of their listeners too which is pretty cool yeah um you know i did the episode with strap habit that was fun obviously we got to talk a little bit about sort of why he he got involved and and sort of how this came to be not that not that i think everybody's dying to know that but i think it's it's nice to know that it was sort of from a you know a genuine place as opposed to uh you know something that was um you know built for 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 profiteering or anything like that like just to let everybody sort of get the insight on that which is pretty cool and then uh here we are you know it's kind of funny to recap over a year of doing this and think about all the things that we've covered and all the things that we've said and all the different types of approaches that we've taken it's kind of it's kind of crazy to to sum it up in that way and just it's like I remember recording all these things with you and talking about them and 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 having the hosts and and engaging. It's just like, it's like yeah, we did do that. We did talk about that. It's amazing. It's a little crazy. Like I still feel like it from, like my perspective of time. I still feel like we're in like the twenty or thirty episode range. Yeah, but I guess it's just it. You know, it just goes. You don't realize. It. It's amazing. It really is amazing. But uh, yeah, I know uh, we're running a little long here, but uh, you know, I uh, am definitely looking forward to the week ahead. I know you will not be at wind up, unfortunately. I will, I will be. Not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I just posted a, a story about it. Now that I know I can, uh, I will be on. Like I said, I'm going to be on a panel. It is at wind up. It is not at Red Bar. It is hosted, well, uh, mediated by or moderated by, I should say, not mediated, moderated by uh, Kathleen from Red Bar. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's me, uh, Ben from Risk Check, uh, Blake from Worn and Wound, and uh, another person I, I I'm unfamiliar with, but there's one more person on there. And um, yeah, so pretty cool. We're gonna we're gonna be on there, and they uh, they put out a little. Uh, they're gonna put out at least a little advertisement about it. So that's neat. It's one thirty on Friday afternoon, kind of early in the day. I don't know if everybody's gonna be able to make it, but if you can, come say hi to your boy. I'll be up there. And I I think I think. She had mentioned it might be broadcasted somewhere, maybe YouTube or something. But I, I, well, I maybe, don't have all the details. Uh, I, I think typically what they used to do in the past is they would do live stream, like Instagram That's probably live. what it is. That's yeah. probably what it is. So I'll be up there. Yeah, we're gonna be talking just community. Uh, this would be Eastern time, right? So it'll be one thirty Eastern. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes, Eastern time. So I think it's gonna be just kind of commentary on on the community and sort of, uh, I guess how. Uh, doesn't really matter what you're doing sort of how everybody kind of plays into it you know and i think that that's important you know if you had asked me a year ago since we are doing this if you'd asked me a year ago that we that i would have been part of a, an amazing podcast with an amazing co-host talking about watches something i deeply love and am passionate about and that people wouldn't listen or care i would have thought you were crazy and I think you and and I don't even know if you could have 
totally foreseen, you know, the rise of influence that you've had in the industry. I mean, not only are you the meme guy, you're the joke guy, but, you know, you're now a source of information for so many people around the world and, and you are the face of our podcast. And it's amazing. But I don't think any of us could have pictured this hobby turning into something like this for us. Not at all. And even it's funny, you know, they were like, could we, can we use your, your real name? I was like, I, I guess it's like, you, you want to, like, I was like, that's not, that's not, that's not who I like, am. Yeah. That's not marketable. <laughs> Nobody knows me by that. But like, I was like, you yeah. might as well just throw them next to each other. I was like, uh, sure. Go nuts. You know, I'm not so, <laughs> I'm not so sure everybody's that interested in who I am, but that, I mean, I guess that's kind of cool, you know? And the, the same thing, like I said, I was, I, I did a, a quick little sort of blurb interview for a pretty, decently sized publication They're like we do do you want us to use your name i was like i you can <laughs> it would be neat to see my you know need to see your name in print yeah absolutely right? so it's, it's definitely amazing. wild definitely very crazy uh from the beginning or even just from the beginning of this year you know I, I i never really thought you would ever get the the response that i did um even just, uh, you know, even just from being on social media, like how many times have you tried to reach out to somebody, not necessarily in watches, but even like, you know, you, I don't know how I have a friend who used to tweet athletes and celebrities and they would always respond to him. I never had any luck with that. Like, you know, obviously their inboxes are full. They're busy. Yeah. They're getting a ton of interaction. Like, it's amazing to to be able to reach out people with really really big audiences and they are receptive to that now yeah 100 percent. you know i don't know if it's a respect thing or just uh that i get the i don't i don't know if everybody has this but i get like the priority messages and stuff now like priority notifications for people with big followings so yeah i mean <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but i'm sure that that's a thing for you yeah it, it is i think it tries to sort that for people that way like yeah you know, so it's easier to if, message big person to yeah. big person I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah that's, for sure. that's interesting. Um, but yeah, so I guess, uh, again, thanks everybody for hanging out. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, high five to you there, Schmitty. And uh, here's course, to buddy. hopefully another year, dude. Amazing. Yeah. Likewise, my friend. And again, thank you guys. It has been an amazing honor, amazing blessing. So could not, uh, could not have envisioned it myself. So thank you. Yeah. Uh, Here's to another year. Here's to another year. Christie's Radio, out. Peace.